Bibles to Romans chapter 7. Can't help but uh, reflect, to be honest, like being being back in Adelaide and considering the fact that it's been six years, it seems quite unbelievable since we moved uh, over to Bendigo, since we made that uh, change to go and support a, a smaller assembly. And uh, sometimes you just don't realise how quickly time is passing. And we, we tend to use things like clocks and calendars to, to determine time. That's, they work pretty well, but I think the best way is using other people's kids because when you come back to Adelaide and you sort of remember little Jimmy and Jimmy was down here and now little Jimmy's big Jimmy um, and I'm sure people say the same about our kids. You just, uh, I think our kids are a real reminder about how, how quickly time passes and, and I really want to talk today about, about contentment and about the value of a simple life. I don't, I don't, um, I don't give this talk out of uh, a position of being some expert who's, who's got all, all the right balance in my life and, uh, and has perfectly simplified my life to be able to, uh, fully put my time into the Lord as much as I'd like. But I, I, I give this talk from a position of knowing that I need to keep hearing these sorts of scriptures, knowing that I need to keep reminding myself about what's important. And again, when you, you spend a t- spend some time going to, uh, uh, Sister Trudy's funeral, for example, Funerals are a time where we do reflect. We reflect on uh, the person that we've lost, of course. We reflect on on life itself. We consider our mortality, and, and uh, it's, it's these times that we really think about what is important in my life, or perhaps what are the things I'm getting caught up in that are taking me away from what's important. Um, if you think back to when you, I know we've got some young people here, but probably talking particularly to the older ones, think back to when you were a young person, maybe you were in your teenagers, early 20s, who had pretty high expectations for their life in the natural, who thought, you know, things are going to be pretty good. I actually didn't get too many hands there. Anyway, I don't know, I, I, I did. As a, as a teenager, you sort of have these certain expectations that you're going to, get, going to have a, a good career, um, have, have a good marriage, uh, get a house, have a nice car, um, do some traveling, have lots of friends, be fit and healthy, all these sorts of things that we almost have as an expectation for, for our life in the natural. Um, probably particularly in this day and age, uh, with uh, the world of social media and that sort of stuff, we have um, other people's lives thrust in front of us like never before, presented to us in a very uh, curated way, a very, uh, very, um, uh, in a way that's perhaps not entirely real. People can portray their lives online as being very good and showing the best of their lives when we know that behind the scenes often the reality is a little bit different. In the Lord, we perhaps have our, our spiritual dreams as well. Again, me growing up as a kid, I'll be honest here, I, I remember having a, a literal dream at night about being this... Um, like motorbike preacher that would sort of cruise around on a motorbike and, and give inspiring talks in different places and then cruise on to the next place. I don't know why I just shared that, but it just came to my mind. But we perhaps have these, again, these expectations about what our life in the Lord is going to be like. Again, maybe an expectation that we be able to travel to different assemblies overseas, um, see the wonderful things happening around the place, be involved with new people coming to the Lord, 
um, seeing miracles, being in the thick of the the things in the Lord. These are these are good things to aspire to. Um, sometimes we realise that our, as we particularly as we get a bit older, we realise that our natural expectations and dreams and our spiritual can actually clash a bit. They can contradict with each other. And uh, we start to realise that these things don't always work together in harmony. I think as we get a bit older too, we, we're a bit more realistic with our own abilities. When we're young, we sort of think we're invincible and can achieve anything and can do anything. And, and as we get a bit older, maybe things haven't quite worked out how we expected. Maybe some of those dreams that we had, maybe some of them have turned into a bit of a nightmare. Maybe we've faced some real real difficulties. And, and we're starting as we get a little bit older to really recognise our our own natural weaknesses, our own natural failings. They've got, we've got a convention theme of if only coming up uh, for, for next weekend. And uh, the flip side of that, of course, is maybe we start to regret a few things and think of, if only I had have done this differently or that differently. If only I had have taken this direction in my life. And uh, again, this talk is about really recognising what is important in life. Recognising the fact that we all have weaknesses, we're supposed to have weaknesses in the flesh, in our, in our natural bodies, and that these things can actually bring us closer to Jesus Christ. Um, just before we get into a, a scripture, I just want to quote from a quite a well-known uh, doctor, uh, an expert in his field. Some, some may uh, uh, recognise this quote as I go through it. He says, you'll be on your way up, you'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed, you'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you'll top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. Some may have picked up on which doctor I'm quoting from here. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on, you'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. It's a quote from Dr. Seuss for anyone that didn't realise. Um, quite a, you know... A lot of silly stuff that Dr. Seuss we read in Dr. Seuss books, but uh, reading that to the kids, that's there's sort of a, a, a deep, a deepness to that, isn't there? And, and a reality to our natural life that uh, sometimes things just don't go the way that we expected, and we can get end up in a little bit of a slump. Bring these things up in, in like our time in Bendigo. We've had some really exciting times. Um, seen people come to the Lord, baptisms. Uh, we be to put a, a number to it. Um, the assembly when we moved over was around about 20 people and now it's around about 40. So that's been exciting to see the growth in the church. Many would have heard of our um, our hall that we've purchased in recent months uh, and that we've been renovating. So that's a very exciting time. Uh, having a, a, a home of our own for the assembly uh, right on the edge of the CBD, so quite a busy spot. So we're expecting really good things. And yet in the natural, there's always challenges and a couple of big ones that have turned up for us. Um, uh, last year, end of last year, my dad, who lives in Thailand, had a, a severe stroke. Um, 
still cannot speak in any way. He um, is quite limited in his movements. He's, he's later in life. He had me later in life. And uh, and so that's been a quite a difficult situation, becoming his guardian and his administrator, um, supporting him financially, dealing with the language barrier that, that there is because of the fact that he lives in Thailand. It's been That's been pretty tough. That's been a tough situation. Another one, I won't go into the details, but we've had this ongoing court battle that we've been dealing with um, and these things come up in life and some of them perhaps through our own decisions, others maybe through no doing of our own, things just happen in life and some of these things can take up our time, can take up our money, can take up our energy, all of these different things and it's not hard, hard to end up in a little bit of a slump because of them. Just let's read in, in Romans chapter 7. Um, this can seem like a really kind of negative uh, part of the Bible, but as we read in, in many different places in the Bible, as we read about people talking about the reality of their natural self, there's a wonderful conclusion that comes from the reliance on the Holy Spirit. Uh, just a, It's quite a wordy sort of a um, passage of Scripture, so I just want to pick out a few key verses. So Romans chapter 7 and in verse 18, Paul says... For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. So this contradiction that Paul is finding, again, within his natural flesh, within his natural ability, that he the things that he wants to be doing, he does not do those, and the things that he doesn't want to be doing, he does them. And he speaks about this evil, which I would not, that I do. Sometimes it is, if we just, you know, it might not be evil as such, but it is our desires in the Lord. The things that we want to be doing in the Lord, we are, we find ourselves caught up with the things of this life and maybe not spending our time on those good spiritual things. And the flip side, we have no intention of getting involved in these things in the world. I had no intention of being involved in a court case. I had no intention of uh, my dad having a stroke. These, that in particular was something completely out of my control. And yet it's, ha- it's happened. And it is these things can take up an enormous amount of our time, of our mental capacity, of our energy. Uh, they can increase our stress stress levels and... And uh, if we're not careful, they can really draw our attention away from the things of the Lord, from the, the, the things that we want to be spending time on, that we want to be focusing upon. Just come down a, a little bit further, verses 24 and 25. Again, this is really kind of woe is me kind of a scripture, but bear with us. In verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I'll read that in the Amplified. In the Amplified Classic, it says, O unhappy and pitiable and wretched man that I am, who will release and deliver me from the shackles of this body of death? I'm going to keep reading into verse 25 in the Amplified. O thank God, he will, through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, our Lord, so then indeed I of myself with the mind and heart serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So again, this recognition of the challenge that we have in this natural body at the moment, that we have these this weakness. And yet, we also have this strength in, through Jesus Christ. And it goes on into the next chapter to really remind us where that comes from. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I know this is a really obscure passage that you've never heard before. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That word walk, where it says walk there, can mean to live, to conduct oneself, to follow or to be occupied with, to make one's way, to progress, to make due use of opportunities. So if we think about walking in the Spirit, we are making due use of opportunities in the Spirit. We are occupied with the Spirit. We are living in the Spirit. We are following after the Spirit. That is our constant desire and that is the constant challenge that we always have and reminder that we always have to give ourselves of where we need to be. We need to be walking in the Spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, talking about the Old Testament law, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So the the Old Testament law was very much um, reliant upon people obeying it with their own strength. So that was the weakness. It was it was humanity that was its weak that was its weakness. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk. These are familiar words. Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the Spirit. Where it says there, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the, the flesh. So the, that word mind means to direct one's mind to a thing to seek or to strive for. So we don't want to be seeking after, striving for the natural things in this world. There are elements of this world that we have to deal with. We have to go to work. We have to deal with finances. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, a bit later on. Um, we have our sort of natural relationships in our life, our family and all of those sorts of things, but we really want to be striving for, seeking after the things of the Spirit. In verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and it is peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So really here as we read from the end of chapter 7 into chapter 8, there's this recognition of our natural failings. There's this recognition of the the battle that occurs in our mind, in our life, between the spirit and the flesh. And yet we are constantly reminded through the scriptures that Jesus Christ is the overcomer in our life. He's the one that gets us through, and it is through the Spirit that he has given to us that overrides our flesh, that is stronger than the weakness of our flesh, and we rejoice in that. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and start in verse 6. Paul again speaking, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he sees me to be, or that he hears of me. He doesn't want people thinking any higher of him than, than they ought to. And in verse 7, I let, I, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, 
might be different opinions on what that thorn in the flesh uh, may be. I'm not particularly looking to go into that. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our thorn in the flesh, so to speak, the challenges that we have, and, and they are varied. They are different between us. Um, for this thing, in verse 8, I besought the Lord thrice or three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9, I particularly want to get to here. And he said unto me, "My Jesus said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So as we get a little bit a little bit older, a little bit maybe older in our walk in the Lord, but just older in natural life, and uh, we're maybe a little bit more real with ourselves and our own weaknesses, our own shortcomings, we can actually rejoice in these things because we're realising, hang on, it's Jesus that I need to be reliant on. It's his grace, it's his mercy in my life that I need to be reliant on. My my natural body um, is going to break down, it's going to have its struggles, it's going to have its difficulties. My natural mind is going to have its difficulties, it's going to fail me at times. Uh, my own abilities, my own strength is is not going to be enough. The Lord wants us to realise this so that we can rely upon him so that we can rely upon his grace, so we can realise that he is our sufficiency. He is everything that we need. And his strength can only be made perfect in our lives through our weakness. If we are still that 15-year-old, 16-year-old, no offence to the 15 and 16-year-olds, they just think they're on top of the world and that, uh, you know, the world's their oyster and that everything they put their hand to in life is just going to fall into place. We, we, we don't, we can't keep thinking that way, can we? We have a reality in our life and that reality needs to be that we need to rely upon Jesus Christ and not upon ourselves. Um, in John, don't turn there, but, uh, as you read through John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16, John chapter 14, we probably know the most well out of those three chapters, and it talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit, it talks about it being the comforter. In John chapter 15, we read about the encouragement for us to abide in the vine, Jesus Christ being the vine. Um, and uh, in that same chapter, we're reminded that we are not of this world. John chapter 16, Jesus is actually warning his disciples that he is going to die, that he's going to be, his life is going to be taken. And he tells them that they're going to be sorrowful, they're going to be sad, but that their sorrow is going to be turned into joy. And I'm just paraphrasing this big time, but there's so much encouragement through those chapters. We get to the end of John chapter 16, verse 33. And Jesus says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. A couple of key words Jesus uses there that I wanted to bring out. So the first one is tribulation. In the world you shall have, not you might have, you shall have tribulation. The word tribulation literally means means pressure. 
to be afflicted, ang- to suffer anguish, to be burdened, to have persecution, tribulation or trouble. It literally means like a pressing together. And I'm sure perhaps more than ever, you know, when we think about the uh, state of the world at the moment, this pandemic, pandemic and all the other things that we, we deal with in life, I'm sure we all feel the pressure. We feel things pressing in upon us from this world. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That word, overcome, means to subdue, to conquer, to overcome, to prevail or to get the victory. So we have to constantly remind ourselves that as much as we we go through this real pressure in life, real challenges in life, we all have our, our, diff- our difficulties. I know from speaking to a number of people, some of the real um, hard times that some here have been through while we've been away, while we've been over in Bendigo. Likewise, we can consider some of our saints back home and we keep them in prayer with the ongoing needs that they have in their life. Perhaps some of them just created by the pressures that come upon us in this life. But Jesus has overcome the world. We can be of good cheer. Sometimes that's a bit easier to say than it is to do when we're going through difficult times. And that's why we need to be constantly diving into the scriptures and, and reminding ourselves of the bigger picture. I did want to talk about that bigger picture a little bit later on. One key, I think, when we're talking about this pressing in, this, this, this tribulation, this pressure that we get in, in this life, and I mentioned it when I sort of mentioned a bit of a title for this talk, is to never underestimate the value of a simple life. And again, I'm not saying this out of being an expert, but I, I certainly recognise, and particularly in the last couple of years, I've really come to recognise how the things we get involved in, the decisions that we make, can have a real impact on our, our walk in the Lord. And so it is a good thing to endeavour to have a pretty simple life, it, naturally speaking a pretty simple life, that we don't particularly need to have grand plans for our life and all the wonderful things that we can achieve because our grand plans should be with the things of the Lord and we fit a pretty basic, a pretty simple, a pretty perhaps even unexciting natural life around those things because we do want the things of the Lord to be our source of uh, joy, our source of excitement, our source of purpose. Uh, come to Matthew chapter 6 with me. Sort of just reflecting on, on um, being a, a young person here in Elizabeth for, for quite a, a bit of that time. Um, and I think when we think about the things that we get involved in in this life, a lot of them are on the basis of money. They are because of our work, our career choice, or perhaps we're getting into a business, or just with the the cost of living these days, it's very different to what it was a number of decades ago, where typically speaking, often both a husband and wife both need to be working. You know, there's all these sorts of challenges that we face. We talk about a, a side hustle, um, where we might have our job and then we'll have a little bit of a business on the side for a little bit of extra income. All of these sorts of things. Um, and as a young person, it can be a little bit confusing as to what do I do with money as a Christian? What's the, 
key focuses that I need to have when it comes to money. Because we know that we talk about money as being a little bit of a necessary evil. We can't avoid the fact that we all need to pay bills. We need a roof over our head, all of these sorts of things. Now, I just wanted to read a couple of couple of uh, areas of the Bible. And at first, these things may seem to contradict each other, but we'll go into it and explain it a bit further. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where the thieves do not break through nor steal. Down in um, verse 24, no, sorry, I I didn't want to read verse 21. For, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Down in verse 24 now. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or material things, or money. So I want to talk about finding this finding this balance. Um. Now, we know from the scriptures that it is uh, important for us to look after those of our own household, to support our own household. Um, so it's not that the Lord expects us to not earn any money or not have any involvement in having a career or anything like this, but as you read through Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, there's a lot of, the Lord's really bringing a, bringing to light the state of our heart and where our focus is. And a key verse we read there is verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There's some wording that's used as well, and we'll pick it up in verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet what you shall, uh, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Take no thought for your life. Those words there mean to be anxious about, to be troubled with cares. And they are repeated in verse 27. We'll skip through a few of these. Verse 27, for which of you taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Uh, down in verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith uh, all shall we be clothed? And down in verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So it's that same terminology that is being used again and again. And the Lord doesn't want us to be anxious about, to be focusing about, focusing on to be consumed by these natural things in this life. The Lord is reminding us that he is our provider. He's going to provide that which is sufficient for us. So we know that we have this unfortunate requirement that money is a part of our life, but the Lord does not want us to be consumed by money. And I guess that's the uh, the key thing. So if, if you think about perhaps as a young person, you know, you ask the question, what, you know, maybe you get your first job or maybe you're sort of moving into a career and you start to ask these questions, what do I do with your with my money? Well, tithing is one thing that's spoken about pretty clearly in the scriptures. 
So I'm not going to spend any time on that, but that's something certainly to, 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 to think about and to um, look to contribute to the work of the Lord in that way. But I just wanted to read one little scripture in verse uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, I guess these thoughts come to me as, as someone who's you know now, now with a family and getting a little bit older, I suppose. Um, and you start to you start to think a little bit more about the future, and you start to think about the decisions that you make and how they're going to affect the future. And, and the Lord doesn't want us to actually stress about these things and be anxious about them. But it, on the flip side of that, we also don't want to be ignorant of them and and be silly with our future or unwise with our future. Um, and and perhaps in the and sort of live beyond our means. Uh, just verse. That does not look right. Fourteen. Sorry, I meant to write. Verse fourteen. Paul writing here to the church at Corinth, and he says, Behold the third time ready to come to you, third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children here's this sort of principle that's brought up. For the children ought not to lay up for their parents for the parents, for the children. So it talks about this, um, I guess, this consideration of the future. And I think one thing that I've found is that when it comes to money, it's not a putting a little bit of a, a little bit of money aside in whichever way you just decide to do that, whether it's superannuation or whatever. I'm not particularly looking to, to give any sort of financial advice, but I've found that if you're putting a little bit of your money away. For the future, it's something you actually don't need to particularly think about all that much. It's not something that needs to consume your mind on a daily basis. You don't really need to to uh, contemplate it or con- contemplate or worry about it. We all know that we live in a pretty fragile world, and we don't know where this pandemic's going to lead to. You know, we don't know what it, what our superannuation is going to be worth at the end of it or anything like that. We we've got to expect that. Things could go very pear-shaped in this world, and perhaps our money that we've got in super or anywhere else for that matter might just vanish away. But on the flip side of that, we don't want to be unwise in our decisions either when it comes to the, it comes to our finances. And there's a another principle that's brought out in don't turn there, but Proverbs chapter thirty verse seven: Two things have I required of thee: deny me them not before I die. Number one: re- remove far from me vanity and lies. And number two, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. So there's a, again, there's, there's this simplicity in this, isn't there? There's this, there's this goodness in being happy to be pretty average in the natural. Just to be maybe in a pretty unexciting little house that we live in or whatever it may be, you know, we don't necessarily need to be striving for the next big thing. On the flip side though, we don't want to be putting ourselves in a position where we're so sort of low on money that money is all we ever think about. So there's this, there's this kind of perhaps safe middle ground and I'm not going to go into any details of what that middle ground looks like. That's entirely for you to determine. But when I read through Matthew chapter 6, 
and I consider the fact that the Lord's really talking. He wants to know what's going on in here. He's not all that interested on, on how many digits there are in our bank account. The Lord wants to know what's going on in here. Where is our treasure? Is it with natural things? Is it with earthly things? Or with the, is it that we are laying up spiritual treasure in heaven that will not be taken away from us? Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, start, start reading in verse 3. I really want to just um, talk about how having this simple life, endeavouring to have a simple life where we have a bit more time to focus on the, the things of the Lord, um, it helps us to be ready for the Lord's return. Matthew 24, verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Perhaps you could say, many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christian, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Look around at the world that we live in. We had a, a fair bit of tension there over in Israel once again in recent times. We know of the incredible tension, fear, anxiety, um, chaos, confusion that is being brought about by this pandemic. Who would have thought that, you know, that we would be thinking about a trip to Adelaide and not sure if we'd be able to get back in our own country? These are things that two years ago we wouldn't have even dreamed of. And yet here we are. Uh, down in verse 11, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So things are going to come against us in this life, and some of them we will not be able to control. We need to keep enduring. We need to keep fixated on the things of the Lord, focused upon the things of the Lord. Um, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Down in verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation such as uh, was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So whatever it does, you know, we, we live in uncertain times, but we can be thankful that the Lord is always going to have our back and he's going to get us through as we continue looking to him. What is going to come on the world is going to be limited by the Lord for, it, for, for the sake of you and I. I um, did want to read a couple more verses down in verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. This is big picture thinking for us. 
we get so caught up in this life, don't we? The, the, just the bits and pieces, the stuff that comes against us, and some rightly so, some, some of it, it needs our attention. But we've always got to come back to what we are looking forward to, what we are expecting, what we are um, constantly looking to be ready for, and that is the Lord's return. Um, do need to wrap up. Where should we wrap up? We might go to, we'll go to Philippians chapter 4 to finish off. Philippians chapter 4, we'll start reading in verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Um, Paul, reaching this conclusion, reaching this, this, this sort of level of understanding that it, it, it really, in a way, doesn't matter what kind of state he is in the natural. You know, he's had good times, he's had bad times, but he knows that it's Jesus Christ that gets him through all things. It's interesting. I think perhaps our, the English, again, is a, a little bit weak in, in verse 13, where it says, I can do all things. You know, we sort of get this superhero, um, kind of, uh, impression when we, when we read it in the, in the English, but, where it says I can do, it means to have force, to be able, to avail, to prevail, to be of strength, to wield power, to have strength to overcome. So we actually have strength, ability to overcome all things, whether it's good or bad. As You can see how that perhaps follows on a little bit, a bit better from verses 11 and 12. We can avail all things through Christ which strengthens us. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We keep coming back to Jesus Christ being our joy, bringing that joy in our life through thick and thin, through good times and bad times. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When we have needs, we keep on looking to the Lord as being our answer. Whether it's a, a need that's been going on for five minutes or five years or whatever it may be, we keep looking to the Lord. We keep expecting from the Lord. We keep knowing that he, at the end of the day, is our answer. And whether we the Lord comes back or we pass away and, and have or have not received the answer to that particular need, we can just rest assured we have our salvation. We can rest assured that whether we have or we whether we have not, whatever state we are in, therewith we can be content. And all the people said, Amen.